Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. So I'm hopping back on to do a bit of a life update because I've been gone for some time and to share some very exciting, hot off the press news with you guys. So enjoy listening. Thank you for tuning in, guys. It's been a hot minute. Where has mama been? Well, 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 I will tell you on this podcast. So I actually received a email from one of the listeners being like, oh, when are you next putting an episode out? And then I was like, oh my God, there are actually people that are listening and who actually are waiting for episodes. I know that sounds a bit strange, but obviously like this platform, podcasting platform, isn't the same as like Facebook or Instagram where you actually get feedback, like people like and comment. The thing with a podcast is you put it out into the universe and you kind of just have to trust that people are going to listen and resonate. Um, So yeah, obviously guys, I have received really lovely messages over the course of this podcast. So I do know people are listening, but it's not, I don't know, it it, it is different. You just kind of put things out and go, oh, I wonder who's going to listen to this. So anyways, guys, I thought I would come on and do a bit of a life update because there's been so much going on. So the first thing I wanted to share was a little bit about some of the insecurities that I've been having. And the reason why I want to share this is because I think that there is great power in sharing our vulnerabilities. So uh, this is my safe space to do that. And I would like to share these things just in case people are feeling the same. It's quite nice to know that you're not alone. Number two, I want to share a bit about the nursery experience and settling Juniper in and how that was for us. Then number three, I want to share some recent positive birth stories from my lovely clients. And lastly, I'm going to end off with some very exciting, hot off the press news for you guys. So let's start with some of my insecurities. So I have this thing, right, where If I'm recording a podcast, I will literally start and then if I fumble my words, I will start again. And the same goes for like video content. And I was just feeling like this is not good. Like this is really, really not good. Like what is going on here? And it's definitely down to self-confidence. It's kind of like, you know, I want to do it not perfectly because I'm not a perfectionist. I don't mind things being a bit rough and ready, but it's almost like, that kind of when you fumble your words or go like or you say something that doesn't quite make sense then you want to just try again and like get it right and I guess the thing is when you're recording and not doing something live you do have that thing in your mind where it's like well I can do it again and definitely in the beginning of this podcast Tom used to be like oh my god can you stop because he'd hear me upstairs being like hello guys welcome to the podcast and going "Mm." silent hello guys welcome to the podcast and literally it would just go over and over again so then I started to think to myself I need to get some help I need to get some support because I am essentially getting in the way of this positive message that I want to share and that might come as a surprise to you guys like the fact that I struggle with you know allowing myself to just articulate myself and be free like I have this thing where it's like do it again do it better and because obviously you guys listen and you might listen to something and go, oh yeah, she's cool, she's like, you know, she's she's articulate or whatever, but actually it takes me a long process to get to that. So 
this is one this is an example of a podcast where I'm actually trying to move away from that and trying to not be so not live my life through a magnifying glass literally that's what my my stepmom Christine said to me she's like you literally live your life through a magnifying glass in the sense that I'm overthinking like small things and allow, and like that prevents me from just being free flowing and some of my best work has been when it's been spontaneous and I've just allowed like the message to flow through me so I'm really trying hard to move away from scripts and things like that and just allow myself to just be me and if I make mistakes like it is okay it's it's we are like I'm a human like see that like I was like it, 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 it. I would have just pressed stop and start again okay guys so this is so this is literally I'm like trying to practice what I'm preaching right now live so anyway so yeah so I've invested in a coach who is helping me through this because I am in the process of working on something very exciting that I literally can't be getting in the way of the message for this project. So I'm gonna touch on that at the end. So yeah, that's kind of what I am working through at the moment is just allowing myself to just be and to not censor myself in any way or um, you know, have those doubts in my mind that make me keep on redoing things. You know, It's just, I'm really trying hard to, to, uh, to work on that. Um, and the only way I can do that is by practicing. So literally like this podcast is a good example of me moving away from a script. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it's not that deep, but it's definitely, it feels like something that I'm trying to overcome. The second thing, so let's move on. Nursery. So we settled Juniper into nursery about five weeks ago now. Boy, oh boy, it was an experience. Okay, so where to begin? So we found a American nursery, which is obviously quite different to the UK ones in the fact that their settling in periods are a bit more cutthroat. So I was essentially allowed in the room uh, for about, what, five, 10 minutes in the beginning. Um, so usually, well, my other mum friends who have settled their kids in nursery, they've been allowed to like, uh, allowed is such an annoying word. They've been able to sit in for like a few hours every day to get their child used to the environment, obviously. Whereas this American one, I think because so many people go back to work and they don't have the luxury of time to do the full set settling in period, that I think this American approach is just like, just get the kids in and if the if the parents aren't there like it doesn't matter like just let them sort of cry and get over the difficult period and you know let, allow the parents to go back to work and let's just get on with it it's quite a cutthroat like you know approach that is probably more convenient to working American parents we know how um how I guess how hard it is especially for mums there with like um the maternity leave is not is not great I don't think I don't know the facts but anyway so it's an American uh, nursery the reason why we chose it is because it it does have a really good reputation and when we went to visit the vibe was good like the staff was really lovely and we had an overall positive feeling the reason why we've chosen to put Juniper in nursery now there's a number of things number one we felt that she was ready in terms of like ready for that extra engagement. For me, this work is getting really busy. And uh, I think, yeah, we, we sat down as a family and we were like, you know, let's give, we want it like, I guess as a 
So that's another example where I would have gone back, but I'm not going to. We wanted to, as a family, give me a good chance to like get this this business going. And the only way we can do that is by giving me time. So um, yeah, three half days a week. So the settling in period. So we, the first day, as I said, I was only allowed in there for like 10 or so minutes. And then I had to leave. And I didn't actually say bye to her because the staff was like, just stand in the middle of the room and then leave. Like, don't say bye sort of thing. So I left. And as I left, I was like, oh God, I don't feel good about this. And now looking back, it's like, that's crazy. Don't say bye, just just like leave. Like, who does that? Imagine we were going to a concert and I just left you with a bunch of strangers. Like, that's not, not good. Um... So yes, I really wasn't happy about that. Anyways, so then I came to pick her up and yeah, she was very, very not in a good place, like crying and I I just felt like that was a bit not like mishandled basically. Like I, I didn't like the way that I just left abruptly and if I could go back, I would change that. So um, yeah, the days that followed, similar sort of thing, like... Um, they were obviously saying, you know, she's been crying on and off. And obviously I read that as like, yeah, on and off. Yeah, you're telling me on and off, but let's be honest, like she's probably crying more and having a little bit of a break in between. So I was a bit like, hmm, you know, are they telling me the truth? Because they've got this app where they send photos of them looking really happy where I'm like, you know, I would rather you send me photos of her looking a bit sad and being like, um, this morning, a little bit teary, but, you know, having a banana now and feeling much better. Like, let's be flippin' honest, you know, you don't need to feed me the propaganda. I'm her parent. If she's got big bags under her eyes and she looks like she's been sw- swollen from crying and you're sending me a picture with her, like, oh, she's doing a sensory activity. No, bro, like, I can see she's been upset. So let's be honest. So I did kind of lose a little bit of trust. Look, we all know they're going to go through, it's going to be hard, any life change is going to be hard, you go to secondary school, it's going to be hard, you start a new job when you're our age, you know, or whatever age you are, it is going to be hard, like, change is difficult, so I understand that, but I guess I didn't like the slight dishonesty um, point, I'd I'd just rather just be really honest, because in the end, I was like, so, so how much has she been crying? Like, flip and tell me, like, don't try and on and off, like, on and off, how much? And then she was like, look, yeah, she's been a bit upset, but this is normal, it's to be expected, obviously trying to reassure me, which I know, I know it's hard. June's has been with us the whole pandemic, it is going to be hard. So, um, so yes, yeah, so obviously, I'm having, like, major doubts in my mind at this point, like, is this the right decision? Is she too young? Then the next week, um, the same thing, she goes in and then she's like really kind of upset and then um, waking up in the middle of the night loads. And then we find out that she has hand, foot and mouth as well at the same time. So then it's like, you know, she's obviously upset because of this nursery change, but she's also sick. So that just made the whole thing a lot worse and a lot harder to deal with. And um, in the end, she was crying so much that we took her to A&E. And that's when we saw one of her classmates in A&E with a rash around the boy's mouth. So then we found, that's when we found out she had hand, foot and mouth. Anyway, long story short, it was really difficult. 
um, the settling in period and I did have loads of doubts about whether or not it was the right decision which I didn't really speak to anyone else apart from um, Tom because I just don't feel like with my dad for instance dad if you're listening to this yeah you're probably like oh my god this is a surprise pops didn't tell me this because sometimes I find that if I stress other people out I get more stressed because that we're then going to be going over and over the subject and everyone's just going to be getting stressed right so I didn't tell anyone else apart from Tom we we worked through this together so whilst this is all going on I always find a book or books to kind of feed my mind with information that's going to help me figure out what's going on so stupidly I go and buy like the worst book ever which is uh it was called um should you send your child to nursery under the age of three so that's what I bought and I started reading it and it it essentially was confirming my worst nightmare um I'm going to give you a quick summary of this book and I don't mean to put the fear in anyone because essentially I'm going to tell you why I think this book is not inherently correct it is there may be elements of it that that are that is correct but everyone's baby and everyone's experience is going to be different um so essentially this book starts off with I'm going to tell you the message that you do not want to hear and that no one wants to face so he talks about slammers and sliders so slammers are parents who slam their uh, kid into nursery at a really really young age and then sliders are people who slide <laughs> their kids into nursery you know you know over one or whatever and um, between one and three so essentially in the book he talks about how nursery is never going to be a home environment and he says things like go and spend a day in nursery and like fade into the background and observe what is happening and um, be like mindful of like the propaganda with the bright colours and the toys and like you know the staff dressed in in uniform the ascots walking around and things like that and essentially he's like just watch the whole thing and then watch the kids like watch the kind of way the day unfolds and the structure and everything and in short he says that kids in nursery under the age of three are never going to get the type and quality of care as they would from a primary caregiver because the staff are there they are there uh, being paid so the interaction is essentially a professional one they are encouraged not to build strong relationships this is his words not mine they're encouraged not to build strong relationships because uh, that would be seen as not professional if a child was really having a preference to say now a key worker and there was a um you know the key worker was expressing like you know a lot of love to one kid or even essentially they are there to care not love deeply um so that the, the the interaction has a slight level of uh, professional detachment which kids can pick up on then he talks about this experiment was which essentially followed a primary caregiver and a baby throughout the day and he talks about like there's like essentially like a thousand or so um interactions between the baby and the primary caregiver that essentially the primary caregiver caregiver is saying to the baby I see you so for example like the baby's like cooing and then the primary caregiver will look and respond so they figured out how many of these interactions there were and I can't remember the exact amount but it was over a thousand a day whereas he was saying in nursery the child will get an average of eight minutes a day of face-to-face full-on contact 
because obviously there's lots of kids and it's like, you know, a one to uh, three ratio at best. So I'm reading this whole thing being like, oh my God, what is this? What have we done? You know, is it going to ruin Juniper? Thinking of the worst, thinking of the worst, worst, worst. And then he talks about the brain development between zero and three, as you guys probably all are aware of, and how that is a crucial, crucial time for development. And essentially what they need is a primary caregiver that is responsive and that is going to respond to their needs and essentially show them that the, the world is a place where, um, you know, they are loved and they are safe and they won't get that level of care and attention in nursery. So that is the words of this book, not mine. But I, I am very open to exploring, you know, all of the different viewpoints and I won't take them as truth but I will take them I'll take them on I'm not going to not look there because I have chosen or we have chosen to send Juniper to nursery I'm not going to not look there and go well I don't want to look at that opinion because it goes against what I'm doing and I'm not comfortable with that I don't mind looking there you know really going into it and yeah probably feeling uncomfortable because essentially in this book it's going against what I'm doing and it's making me question but I think that is very, very healthy. I think it's a healthy thing to do that rather than to go, I'm not going there because, you know, it's going to make me feel guilty. So yeah, so read this book. I tried to kind of summarise it for Tom and to kind of discuss it with him. And yeah, we we did question, we we questioned our decision big time. And I And I was almost thinking, should we pull her out? But we didn't choose to take her out. We didn't make any quick decisions. We decided to stick it out and we saw a huge improvement. Like we literally saw her starting to thrive and really, really enjoying her time there. So yeah, so Tom dropped her off last week and she literally held out her arms for the key worker and went and didn't cry, literally just went in with the key worker and obviously had a great day because the photos they then sent she actually looked like really happy we can tell like big big smiles with like a silly hat on her face doing sensory activities and I'm so glad we stuck at at it because now she's having a really really nice time at nursery and um what else yeah so when I when I went to drop her off the one day I could tell she was a bit upset and look that's like healthy of course like she's she's with us all the time yeah like it's departure it is gonna be sad but when she, when I handed her over to the key worker, the key worker like pulled her close and gave her such a big squeeze. And that really showed me that there is a relationship. There's a relationship going on. And it's not just professional, like this key worker does care about her. So look, I'm sure there are nurseries where, yeah, maybe those people are disengaged and maybe there are, there is a level of detachment and maybe it is not an ideal place for a six week year old. Maybe there is truth in this book, but actually there is also truth in the fact that nurseries can be a very healthy place for a child. Like if you think about back in the day where, you know, what's that saying? It takes a village to raise a baby. Before we would have had people helping us, helping us to raise our kids. Now we don't have that. So nurseries and childcare are an excellent way to get a bit of help and to help the child have uh, social interactions with other kids and with other people it's hell it's healthy for them to build relationships with other people so 
although it was very hard in the beginning, we are very happy that we stuck through it. So, so I guess my message to anyone who is going to be settling their child into nursery, yes, it's very, very hard in the beginning, not for everyone, because one of my friends, Emily, has had a really, really great time and had an amazing settling in um, stage. And her daughter Freya is loving it. So it's definitely not for, not everyone is going to have a really, really hard um, experience. But if you do, then, you know, don't worry, it will get better. Um, Another thing I wanted to say on this is I am fascinated by the human mind, psychology, emotions, like that's my world, that's my language, like that's what I have studied you know, that that's basically me. Like I, lo- I like to understand why we behave in the way that we do, why we act in the way that we do. And that's kind of, you know, <laughs> my reality is, is I'm reading a lot about that, those kind of things. That's what I do, right? But with this nursery example, it really made me reflect on how actually it's not always healthy to go to books and seek answers in books. And it also helped me to kind of understand that I'm really interested in the psychology stuff. So when she was crying at night, I put it down to distress at nursery. However, she then got hand, foot and mouth, which actually has been the like the worst illness that she's had. But my mind went to the emotional psychology space. But actually in that circumstance, she was actually sick as well. Yeah, there might have been some um, distress from nursery and, and the transition, but ultimately she was sick too. But my mind went straight to the psychology side. So now I am going to be more aware of that. And I'm actually pulling back from parenting books because I think it feeds that part of my mind, which maybe isn't so healthy. It's, uh, you know, probably more beneficial for me to be using my wisdom and um, intuition, which I have as a parent and as a human. So guys, I just wanted to also share that uh, there have been some beautiful birth stories uh, that have come out over the last month. So I've had five clients all giving birth last month and going into this month. So I've got one client coming up, Cecilia, who is um, due to give birth any minute. Go on, Cecilia. I'm probably going to send her a voice note after this. But um, yeah, there've been some really beautiful stories. Millie has had a really peaceful home birth and um, Rosie as well um, laboured at home until she was 19 centimetres, went in to do um, the final push and then Carmen has had a really amazing home birth. So I'm going to ask all of these people for their birth stories so that I can share them on Instagram because I think birth stories are such a powerful way to communicate and uh, these women have also had to advocate for themselves too. Um, and I think it's important to share those stories to essentially give you guys encouragement because it is tough with the pressure to induce and things like being told you have a big baby, being told you have low fluids, all of these things can really set off the fear, tension, pain cycle um, and really get you into a state of fear before birth and it's it's not good. So Yes, also I shared my birth story on the birth hour, so do go and give that a listen. I actually really felt that that was a time where I genuinely was in flow and um, because it was live I wasn't able to critique myself. So it actually came out really raw and I and I loved it and I, it was really good. So <laughs> 
yeah go go and give that um a listen if if you'd like so guys the big 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 news so this is so exciting for me and for everyone who is due to give birth so and this is also why i have been a bit quiet on here because i have been focusing every ounce of my energy and my spare time on this project so i am in the process of building the first ever experiential birthing course and it is the first ever this does not exist anywhere in the globe someone who someone please go and find something similar and show me because i've tried and it doesn't exist so what is it this is a digital pack for pregnant people who are curious about natural physiological birth and who want to minimise and make informed decisions about intervention. So what makes this product unique is that it is fully immersive. So you're not just sat there watching a talking head on your laptop and just one-way traffic. It's not a passive form of learning. It's an experience that you go on. So for example, there are stop start videos where you will be set activities with your birth partner if you have one, or you can do these independently and you will essentially be guided through different activities. There are also podcast style audios, interviews with birth partners, positive stories. There are a set of ponder pods, which are essentially a set of audios that help you to think differently about birth and open your mind. So these are kind of reflective pieces which stimulate thinking. And there are also guided activities, so guided movement, guided vocalisation, guided breathing. There are also visualisations, meditations. So you get taken on this big learning experience, a journey of self-discovery. There's downloadable worksheets, journaling opportunities, and it has been designed with you in mind. I have mapped out the user journey in terms of what does it look like? What does it feel like? What is the full experience? So it's not just, I'm gonna sit here and listen to this person talk for five hours. It's, I'm gonna be challenged. I'm gonna be asked questions that help me to think differently. And it's also about taking you on a sensory journey. We learn best when we experience things. And I found through my market research that a lot of these birthing courses are just one way. So I wanted to shake things up and bring something really, really unique. So guys, because you're my fabulous listeners, I will be giving a special introductory offer to you guys. If you would like that offer, then head over to my website, go to the courses page, put in your email address and type immersive course in the box. I will then send you the special offer when it is released. Hint, hint, it will be around the time of January. So guys, I am super excited about this. It's one of those things I've been wanting to do for ages. I'm also bringing my very unique skill set to this project in terms of I used to work on experiential events. So I have that kind of creativity to bring to the birthing world. And I, and I think this project is going to be revolutionary. Um, I have really thought long and hard about the intention of each module. You know, is it to inform, empower, inspire, move? So the energy that you're going to feel throughout the whole course is going to be varied. So it's going to take you on a real emotive journey that essentially helps you to get in a more confident and positive mindset about birth. 
So guys, do give me a follow on Instagram, Pop That Mama, and drop me a message if you're tuning in. I always love to hear from you guys. And yeah, I can't wait to see your email addresses on the website. Have a lovely day. Bye bye.